1: Hi, hello, how are you? It's Daryl, and welcome to episode 64 of Cage Rage, a this Cage podcast. The podcast in which I, your humble host and guide, Daryl Edge, take you, the listener, on a journey to true Cage Nirvana that is the truest, highest, and best, and greatest, and most spiritual form of being. How do we achieve that, you ask? Simple. By watching all the works of the man they call Nicholas Cage, going through his entire filmography to get to know the guy we call the Golden Hog of Hollywood a little bit better. How have you been this week? Hope you've been good. Back to work for me, back to the old grind. I absolutely hate it, but my God, customer service, what a life. Um, what else have I done this week? Saw Free Guy at the cinema. Um, went to a secret screening at Cineworld World and it was Free Guy. There was a bit of controversy about that, considering the film was coming out like two days later, but uh, it was alright. It was alright. It was just a film in which... Ryan Reynolds was Ryan Reynolds and not a Deadpool film. That was fine. That was decent. Um, would have been better if there was two ladies behind who didn't laugh at every single thing that was said. You'd think it was their last night on Earth and this is how they've chosen to spend it. So that was a little grating, but maybe I'm just old and being a, an absolute bastard. Um, But outside of that, uh, we had Ben Shannon joining again. Third timer on the pod to talk about Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance, Uh, a long time in the making this one um, as we get about into the episode. This is a film that we saw at the cinema nearly 10 years ago and we both chat about how this is in almost every way not the film that we remember and we also end up talking about TikTok um, generational differences and Ben voices his feelings on how Ghost Rider is in fact a nonce. Um, so a lot of ground covered here. Uh, as ever, you can find the show on all the usual streaming services. There's uh, Amazon, Google, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Podchaser, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, iHeartRadio, tuned in, and Acast. Uh, please do remember to give it a follow and a rating if you can If you're listening on your streaming platform of choice And you can also find the show on Twitter At Cage underscore podcast And Instagram at cageRageProd. Uh, but without further ado, let's get into the episode It's Ghost Rider Spirits of Vengeance Daryl Edge, Ben Shannon top. So 2011, at last, comes to an end this week with the superhero sequel, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. This week, Cage returns to the saddle as Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, who, still tortured by the curse of the Ghost Rider, gets a chance at redemption by protecting the devil's son. Once again on the journey to true Cage nirvana... I am joined by a returning guest and he's going to see if this spirit should be set free or if we should just be adding coke to it and drowning our sorrows. You know him, it's a comedian, grain adventurer and Pokemon attorney, Ben Shannon.
0: Welcome back, Ben. How are you? I was thrown when you said throwing spirits on it. I didn't think you meant coke as in the drink. I thought you meant as in the narcotic. <laughs> Don't I? And I was like, should we be giving Johnny Speed? Cocaine, really? Is that what he needs? <laughs> he needs but, something. Uh, I'm well. Thank you for having me again. Glad to be back in the blazing saddle and um, <laughs> ready to ready to pour pure cage. Well, uh,
1: hey, I see what you There's a cage. Oh, is it too early? Am I sick? Am I ill? From I don't know. This did film? I
0: do a joke? I didn't even realise if I did.
1: I think you said raising pure cage. Was it raising rage, you are going to say? Or I said you...
0: pouring, pouring pure cage. Oh, p- puring, Puring? Pour, pouring, as in pure. I've not got an accent yet. I've only been here a few <laughs> weeks, mate. I, you can still understand me, I'm pretty sure.
1: Well, for you know, for the listener, since last time, he's gone from the UK to was it
0: Catalonia that you're in last time, and now it's no. We recorded in um, when we did the first Ghost Rider, I was in my place in Nottingham. The first what did we do? We did Gone in sixty seconds. Of course, that was a lot of fun. I was in Sitges for that, Catalonia. Yeah, um, around Christmas. Then I think we recorded in April for Ghost Rider number one, as in Nottingham. And now I'm in Germany. I'm in Saxony, Dresden which is the east of Germany, um, because I, I have a thing when I want to talk about Cage, I refuse to do it in the same country twice. Um, pe- <laughs> people come up to me in the street and they're like, oh, I'd like to talk to about Nicholas Cage. I say, look, book us a flight. We'll go to Italy, then we'll talk.
1: <laughs> Get your fake moustache on, your trench coat, and I'll meet you underneath the... Uh, <laughs> the high... And
0: nothing else.
1: <laughs> and nothing else. And just pick a point on the map and I'll meet you there.
0: Yeah, sounds um, good.
1: You know, so we're moving forward with sequels. You know, we've and every film we've spoken about has been somehow vehicle centric. So we've got that thread going on as well. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah, yeah. If if cage is in it and an engine, I'm there.
1: (laughs) I think this is something we were sort of touching upon on a previous episode. Is that this film in particular, *Spirits of Vengeance*, is one that we had a cinema trip to see. I think back in. 2012 uh almost 10 years ago at the point of recording mm-hmm. and it was one of local. our birthdays um it might it was one of our birthdays and i can't remember whose it was
0: <laughs> although i've just realized that makes it sound like we share a birthday but i mean as in mine or your birthday <laughs> not as in one of our joint birthdays um i mean i don't know i feel like it was a february release i feel because i'm in the middle of february i feel like it was that um, but yeah, it, it might even have been, oh, second year, first year, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, it was very different watching it back. Um, I'm not too fresh to it. It was, I think, it was about two months ago, maybe a month ago. I actually, and I do not recommend this. I actually watched this film just after I'd um, tested positive for the old Rona. So I, was, I watched Ghost Rider 2 with, like, bouts of fatigue and just, like, not a great space in my head. And to see to see Nicolas Cage kiss a boy to get his powers back, that's not the kind of thing you want when you're stuck on your sofa. You
1: you were possessed by your own spirit of vengeance in some ways. Yeah, in
0: many ways I still am, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, your head is on fire. I didn't want to draw attention to it this early. No, on.
0: thank you for doing that. I am very self-conscious about my flaming skull. <laughs>
1: But I think this is something that we briefly touched upon pre-record as well. Um, and obviously we'll get into it. This is not the film either of us remember. Yeah. because <laughs> so I, I remember coming out of the cinema and um, I think, to be fair, you and I had made our own fun just writing. Like, like we knew that Cage was just going to say some absurd things. Mm-hmm. I remember you were making notes on your Blackberry, like, right, well, that's going in. Um, and I think we, I came out having just a wonderful time. But I think maybe just for a completely different reason, maybe, <laughs> maybe I was just wrapped in of the absurdity of everything with this film. But watching it back, oh, like I say, nine years later, um, it wasn't. It just wasn't the film I remembered.
0: I do remember. I love the way you say "Blackberry" as well. Like that really does say the time of when we saw this film. Um, good luck finding those notes now. But I just remember <laughs> the main takeaway from it for me, and perhaps for you as well, was the scratching at the door scene, which we then would redo. We'd scratch at each other's door occasionally after that, um, doing the voice of "He's scratching at the door." When, uh, when he finds one of the punks, let's call them punks. But I, again, when I watched the film back, I was like, "This isn't as big a scene as my memory." And like your brain does that. You kind of, your memory or my memory is is not the exact how it played out. The only way you get that is if you quote unquote film something. So I remember it slightly differently and so will you. But this film, like, I mean, we weren't, I was drinking there, but I didn't day drink before a Nicolas Cage film. (laughs) Who would do such a thing? (laughs) Didn't we? Yeah.
1: Um, I think part of it as well, and even my memory was one of those big points was scratching at the door and then watching Mm. it back and realising it was actually scraping so we should have been... What oh, was it? Oh, there you go then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you can tell it's been at least a month since I watched it. Um, there was someone at the door doing something to the door. And uh, and yeah, that door was getting knocked down. I mean, it wasn't
1: standing after this metaphorical, literal, spiritual, emotional doors or otherwise. And now like, I've kind of got this, I don't know, kind of internal dialogue for myself um, because I only watched it last night at the point of record. Now I'm trying to weigh up... Which one of these is actually the better Ghost Rider, if it was this one or the first one? Um, oh,
0: God. I'd have to watch the first one again, and I do not want to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> because this one, you know, again, as we've said, I remember this being a lot better. I have this sort of rose-tinted glasses for this film. But on Rotten Tomatoes, this only has like 18%. This was not well-received <laughs> at what all.
0: So you said, said rose-tinted glasses, Then, Like, if you see a film with your bro, it'll be better. <laughs> <laughs> um isn't yeah, it? Some some of the big things for me were I mean I wasn't I, I knew who um Anthony Head was, but I didn't know who Idris Elba was at this point. But then when the film was starting up, I was like, are these are they in this? Is this a thing? Like yeah. I didn't I didn't remember I, I don't know any of the actors in it, uh, any of the other actors. Um but when I saw them, I was Oh, has the devil been recast? Was that a thing?
1: Yes, the devil yeah, was re- that recast. Was-
0: that was something um, which is fine. He's the devil. If you want to do that, you know, do what you want. But um, yeah, Idris Elba just being a bit French. Um, more of that. <laughs> I always love I always love Elba's accents because the first thing I saw him as was Luther. So just in everything yeah. he plays, I just imagine it's Luther playing that character. So in the Marvel films where he's um, oh, what's his tits? Swords, um, Sparkle Line. Uh, I don't know his name. His Thor's mate. He does. His eyes always oh, with... uh,
1: Heimdall or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Heimdall. That's he's, it. Yeah, he's yeah. The, the, the Rainbow Road Guardian.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. You can unlock him in Mario Kart. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is available, and uh, yeah. So in that one, I just imagine it's Luther going around making all these lines appear. Oh, the gun was in the dog. Is a line of rainbow. Blah blah blah. And then again in this, I was like, what's Luther doing? Being French that doesn't make sense. <laughs>
1: It's just the most stereotypically French uh, um, (laughs) wine-chugging character. Obsessed with it. Loves the stuff. Kissing dusty bottles left, right and centre.
0: Oh, mate, his death scene was so just not that great. I mean, I'm skipping a a lot ahead. I tend to do that a lot when we record these. I just go, who cares for the narrative? The man dies and it's funny when he does. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I mean, like, you know... We meet him very quickly on, because he's sort of the riding from Eastern Europe, then Anthony Head turns up, and I'm like, hang on, that's uh, what's-his-face from Buffy? Mm-hmm. He gets nobbled off within about three minutes. And then most of Moreau's thing, um, his character Moreau in this, is just like, you've got to save the boy. Meet me at the chapel. I'm dead. That's that is <laughs> his arc.
0: Sometimes. I thought he was in the room then,
1: yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's with us. Uh, in spirit
0: of vengeance <laughs> um but i just i just
1: quickly looked at this just going back to it the first ghost rider got twenty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes so this was just I don't know in some parts it was in some ways it was better but in a lot of ways it was just still really dull. Um
0: oh yeah man it's it, it was it's very much a thing of those times isn't it with the films where you feel like it could just be an episode you like it, could just be you know, the shows they have now on like the Disney Plus and Ting, where it's yeah. you know, they have a series of 20 episodes. You feel like you could probably just get this down into an episode, guys, if you were writing it a bit tighter. And it was just kind of a film for the sake of a film and making money for the sake of making money. Um, sorry, whoever directed it, I don't know, probably a man with one eye and a parrot. Um, I, I don't know. Who directed it? Do they do other films? Were they cast out from the planet? How does it work? <laughs> uh,
1: this was Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, the Neveldine-Taylor combination. You may know...
0: Um, <laughs> it also... Sounds like the worst wrestlers ever. <laughs> oh, my God! Neveldine-Taylor terror. combination. He's got a feather duster. I don't know where he's going to put it. <laughs>
1: um, you may also know them from Crank 1 and Crank 2, High Voltage. I mean, that explains a lot. Um, this was the first time they directed a film that they hadn't written. Um, I think this was the last time they worked together as well. Um, but Brian Taylor would go on to helm uh, 2017's Mom and Dad, also starring Nick Cage, which is also delightfully as insane as you imagine a film helmed by Brian Taylor will be. Um, just the plot of that is when um, there's, a, there's a virus that makes your parents try to kill you, and that's the film.
0: I mean, that is the most... Nicolas Cage film I've ever heard. Is it a horror? Is it a comedy? What is um, it?
1: Um I think I think a black comedy they probably describe it as.
0: He blacks up in
1: it. <laughs> he well, I mean, in some respects he did for this film, but we'll we'll, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're right.
1: Um but budget for this seventy five million made 132 point six million, so it made it made a little bit of bank. Um, but arguably for this one, the story or the stories behind the scenes are more interesting than what we got on camera. You um, <laughs> just
0: film that, innit?
1: I mean, Long Gone is the uh, is the Johnny Blaze of the first film where it was uh, him eating jelly beans and going oh, into oh. a mirror. We get a more morose and sort of sad uh, Johnny Cage in this one. And this is still sort of just, just prior to the MCU coming into the world. Um, I think we've got Iron Man 1 by this point before the MCU mm. was really a thing. But with, I think it's worth acknowledging as well that Cage was nominated for the good old Razzies <laughs> for this one. The Golden Schmoes make a comeback. Um, he got an offer 2013 alongside Seeking Justice for Worst Actor. Um, and this is something I brought up in the Seeking Justice episode. Uh, Adam Sandler won this for That's My Boy, and as mentioned in that episode, it, marks the, um, it marked Adam Sandler as the third person to win the worst actor Razzie in two consecutive years following Paulie Shaw and Sylvester Stallone. Um, That's my boy. And, you know, it's it, in that episode, to sort of break it down, but Sylvester Stallone has been trashed by the Razzie's his entire
0: career. Yeah, um, well, I mean, you don't really care when you've got a certain amount of money, I imagine. Like, you want to do some good... For- I imagine if you're an actor of that calibre, like you might do one or two really, really good films, and then you just kind of like, "Look, guys, I've got to eat." And if you, <laughs> if you if you don't think that, also you think about like the pay gap, and in terms of like it's crazy now. I really I think about this a lot for musicians as well. For some reason, I thought about this for S Club Seven the other day. I don't know why they're not big in Germany, but um I was the thinking how way. like yeah, exactly right. S Club 7 they're bigger and I was thinking that like maybe if they were like 10 years later you know with your well actually I kind of think they were 90s i suppose but if there was more of an internet thing maybe they'd have been even bigger and there must just be these artists that are doing like the pop world circuit who were part of bands i remember in yeah. Southampton Bradley came played some songs and looked too intently at a 15 year old girl who somehow got let in but if they were around like a decade like a decade later they'd have so much more. You think about One Direction, you know, right place, right time kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And so I think with some of the actors, like you're Sylvester Stallone's and things, if he was a couple of decades later when he rose to it, he could have done some film. It's like when you see the mock-ups on um, Facebook and stuff about how, if they did the Avengers 20 years earlier and like Tom Cruise would be um, Robert Downey Jr.'s character and stuff like that. Like, Tom Cruise has got enough money as it is, but you can't really blame people like Nick Cage or Adam Sandler for doing 700 films and shock. Some of them aren't great because, as I say, you know, you've got to eat in Hollywood as well, and the burgers cost more.
1: <laughs> well, it could have been a different time. I think I might have brought this up last time, but there was a point when I think Nick Cage was nearly Iron Man. So um, mm. yeah, we, we were
0: robbed, weren't we? I mean, he was nearly Superman. He was nearly everything.
1: He was. He was nearly everything. He was nearly um my washing machine for a time.
0: <laughs> yeah, but the less said about that, the better.
1: You know we don't we don't talk about the negotiations. We don't talk that about now. that. I've seen um, him look
0: at your trousers.
1: <laughs> and who hasn't? They've been through some times. Mm. Um, and we got uh, *Spirits of Vengeance* also nominated at the same Razzies for a worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. That was claimed by uh, *Twilight <laughs> Saga: Breaking Dawn Part 2. And I've said it before: the Razzies have been out for Cage for a long time. Uh, never got him. Never got him. They're trying,
0: they'll keep trying.
1: I I think he is their most nominated actor to never win. Um, So obviously we've talked about that and all the potentials of the timeline, but um, there was a sequel discussed about in 2013. Obviously never materialised. The rights went back to Marvel Studios after this. And Cage said, "Uh, personally, I'm done. I've done what I had to do with the part. You never say never, but right now I would say that I'm done. Um, He did also add it would be interesting to see a female Ghost Rider, but... As you may or may not be aware, uh, Marvel ultimately went down the Robbie Reyes iteration of the Ghost Rider route, brought him into the MCUV Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV mm-hmm. series. And I think, again, we might have touched upon this last time. Um, so I didn't watch it. I've seen clips of the Ghost Rider that they did for the series. I think that Ghost Rider was supposed to get their own pilot and their own spin-off series from that, but that never materialised. Um, so it's a curious case of the Flaming Lad that they... Just can't seem to crack Ghost
0: Rider. They just don't really seem to know how I mean, to get him right. For me, he's not really that interesting a character. I think that's part of the biggest thing. Like you look at some of the Marvel characters and how They re- like the reason Spider-Man took off so much is because he was so. Is affable the right word? I'm not too sure. Like, as in yeah. you could put yourself in his shoes and relate to him so much. Ghost Rider is just like who are you? Who are you aiming for? Like, who are you trying to appeal to? What audience? I mean, I don't really know if. Like you've got to, you've gotta like bikes. You've gotta maybe have been an alcoholic. Like I don't know if these people <laughs> I don't know if these people are buying comics. I don't it's it's a really weird character. It just feels like such a kind of um bit part character in that I really appreciated him whenever I saw him in crossovers. I was like, Yeah, yeah. this is refreshing, this is nice, but oh my god, I can't do Ghost Rider twenty four seven. You know, I couldn't watch <laughs> a sixty-five episode Ghost Rider series like i did the spider-man in the 90s because it's it's what you're gonna have a 10 part arc where he's got a flat tire something like that you you it's just (laughs) like he's trying to wait for his (laughs) mot exactly yeah ghost rider calls the aa and accidentally burns them to death like what are you where's the mileage pardon the pun in it like (laughs) he's and it's proven by the villains the villains are so shit we have got like Swamp yeah. Man and stuff. What's going on? I don't, I don't get it. Oh, who's this villain? It's a ticket warden. Like what? Do <laughs> I think a lot of superheroes are only as good as their villains, and you see that a lot now with um, mm. with Marvel. With obviously just finished um Loki and stuff. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was really good. Um, and mm. how it kind of opens it up and opens the world up with it. But those those characters are now so well like. Set in stone that you can afford to mm. play around with it, and even when you have characters like um, uh, Batroc the Leaper and stuff in the Captain America things, that in theory is a, a lame villain. Like he does jumps, he's a bit French. I'm surprised Idris Elba doesn't play him. Um, <laughs> is that the frozen
1: character going? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Is there a spare part for me? Um, it's kind of French, so. Like, you can have lame villains like that if you've got other big good ones. But as I say, Ghost Rider is just... I- I'm sorry, but if the big bad of the third film is a puncture, I really can't get behind it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it may have been a blessing in disguise that the film sort of ended when they uh, did. But I-, I would agree, though. I don't know if... um Definitely on the iteration that we got, in that Ghost Rider is a leading character. I think he works better when you've got you know, you've got him in those bit parts, he's a supporting mm. character, which is mm. kind of why I'm I'm still holding on to hope that maybe we might get a whiff of him in
0: the next Doctor Strange film. We probably won't. We probably won't. But it um... <laughs> would be great. Just a quick just he just rides past, he doesn't even do anything. It'd mm-hmm. be good if they did maybe I know they want to do like a young Avengers thing, but then again I suppose it's it's hard because again if he's like an alcoholic or whatever, or if he's been doing the stunt stuff for a while. I mean I don't know his, his character that much, but maybe you really need to find a way to kind of um, let the character kind of grow on stage, uh, on stage, on screen. And um, <laughs> I've been reading a lot the of West plays. End. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading a lot of plays. I'm really thinking of adapting a Ghost Rider musical, you know. My tricycle, my tricycle, my tricycle is burnt. Um, that's the opening. <laughs> I hope you enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I, I just really think that, like, it, where where can he go? I mean, in order to like, he lost his powers for a bit in this, or in order to summon, he looked at a photo of the boy. And like, that was enough to like, like, you know, the Wolverine, (laughs) you know, the Wolverine meme where he's looking at that photo of like, Jean Grey or something on the bed. It was like that, but he was looking at a photo of a boy he'd never met. Not that it's okay if you've met the boy to do that either, but like, how is this? Who's going to see that as a kid and go, this is my favorite superhero. The man in leather who looks at photos of boys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, they they established, though, that obviously, you know, this boy, Danny, is the son of the devil. Um, Mm. And early on, at least, they established that he can track him. I suppose it's an evil can track evil (laughs) kind of thing. Some evil radar. Look,
0: let's just stop beating around the bush. He's a nonce. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost rider. He looks at this photo of the boy to track him. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, like I watched Shazam with my other half a couple of weeks ago, and the way he um, Billy Batson, the way he turns into you know the Shazam character is by shouting Shazam. That's great. I'm sorry, but if your superhero turns into the superhero form by looking at a photo of a boy, oh, mm. we were, I mean, we're talking
1: about Ghost Rider three potentials. If fucking uh, <laughs> Chris Hansen from To Catch a Predator turns walks out of the garage and stops <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's who he's running from this time. Ghost Rider's got to put down his bag of jelly beans and be like, "Oh,
0: <laughs> there's... bag that's... of jelly beans! We should have seen it in the first film, shouldn't we?"
1: Oh, it was all that. That's
0: how he brings them in. He trades his bike in for a van, <laughs> <laughs>
1: flaming van. But, you know, Long Gone is sort of like the, uh, the you know, that old like get in the van. It's getting the flaming van, and I'm exactly. not talking about a sticker decal on the side.
0: It's literally on fire. A trail of jelly beans from the school gate, right up to yeah. the back of the pickup truck.
1: Chris Hansen with a fire extinguisher and a little uh, fireman <laughs> helmet
0: on. But it's a tiny fire extinguisher. You know, like in America, I'm told, I've never been, mainly for this reason, they have little belts that have like jalapeno holsters. Jalapeno? <laughs> no, that's the wrong thing. Like hot sauce. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? A jalapeno holster. What have you just got? You've got a veg belt. <laughs> um, yeah he's got like one of them it's a little fire extinguisher and he just uses that on, uh, on Ghost Rider who for some reason in the third film is shorter I've Decided I've maybe to blend in and get the kids we've really gone off the track
1: <laughs> got one of those giant sort of colourful lollipops and like a sl- little cat with a spinning uh, propeller on it
0: can I just say um, if you do get a cease and desist from Nicolas Cage based on the content of this recording um <laughs> I would like to declare somehow immunity. (laughs) (laughs) I'll
1: declare bankruptcy, you declare immunity. We'll see how it holds up in court. Together
0: we'll probably be okay.
1: (laughs) I'll be carted off in a flaming van, never to be seen again. Mm.
0: It happens to the best of us. It
1: happens to the best of us. Uh, but I suppose, you know, on that point, Cage did address his thoughts on why the film didn't do so well, the sequel at least, mm-hmm. and um, why it wasn't that well received. So we said Ghost Rider was a movie that should have always been an R-rated movie. That movie is still a movie that should be made. Heck, Deadpool was an R-rated and movie and that did great. Ghost Rider was designed to be a scary superhero with an R rating and edge, and they just didn't have it worked out back then. Um, so it looks like they kind of... they. With the original script, they pushed for it to be a more violent adaptation, a lot darker, but and trying to address some criticism from the first film, but Sony uh, got cold feet, wanted to stay down the family-friendly PG-13 route for the film, um, which may explain you know, why we got some of what we got with him doing bike stunts with a boy, um, stroking his face. Oh, I thought it was a bee, a stinger face.
0: Oh, I really thought it was... Um... Yeah, I thought it was a B as well. No, I I think I remember seeing that as well actually about the comparing it to Deadpool. And that again is true. Like it was, you know, best part of a decade later or something, wasn't it? Or five years, six or seven years later. So you can understand this frustration if like we were saying earlier, in terms of if the actors aren't ideal for the time, it's not, you know, the actors' fault or the time's fault even. It's just not meant to be, I guess. But at least he turned blue at the end of the film. (laughs) It's not all bad.
1: Yeah, I, I think like we're saying, I just don't know if. Again, I think I used this analogy before, but obviously pre MCU, it was very much a Wild West of Marvel films, where it was just whatever was available, you made a film of it. Mm. So, I, so I don't know if maybe Ghost Rider was the right character at the right time. I think maybe now, with in better hands, it would be better, well received in some iteration, be that film or TV series or supporting character or um, just someone who addresses road safety in like a, <laughs> <think> a service <laughs> announcement.
0: Do you mean like the um? Captain America bits in Spider Man, where at the end of the film he's like, So you thought there'd be a post credits or whatever?
1: Yeah, the yeah, like chair meme thing. Um, but what's uh, and I think you know, this is this is something that has to be addressed here. And I don't know again if I brought this up in the last Ghost Rider episode that we did, um, but there was an acting method that Cage invented for this film called uh, Novo Shamanic. Now, there's a whole story, and this, this could be an episode in of itself. But um, one day, basically, he strode into the set. And if you've seen um, 1973's James Bond film, Live and Let Die, there was sort of guess, like a, a voodoo-inspired character called um, Baron Samedy. Um Now, despite the fact that Cage's Flaming skull was obviously created in post, he didn't actually set his head on fire for the film. Um, as what? some may believe, um, he wanted to get fully into the part by using conventional makeup techniques. We strode onto the set, basically <laughs> uh, his makeup done like Baron Samedi. So he was getting into this technique called uh, novo Shamanic, and the idea behind this, in his own words, is that you learn how to utilise your dreams, power objects, even taking weekends to experiment with imagination and finding ways of infusing your performances with those experiences so that it's no longer acting. Um, because to Cage, acting implies lying in some way, and this technique would allow him to become the part and make the role more truthful. I mean, uh,
0: isn't that I, I get that, but isn't that just method acting?
1: Like, <laughs> how, in, little, no, in, in how theory, little do you know, man? No, but how, how,
0: in theory, like I completely understand if he wants to be his authentic self and he thinks it's better for him to draw from his experiences um rather than lie, which I understand. Yeah, acting is lying. Um but the wording interests me where he says sometimes you take a weekend. I mean, if you're that committed to it, you do more than Saturday, Sunday. Do you know what I mean? Like method <laughs> acting, you think about some of the great method actors and they lose or gain so much weight for a role mm, um, sure. or they, you know, they go to a different part of the world to, um, to experience life with monks or something like that. Nicolas Cage has done some face paint uh, on a Saturday afternoon and he's drank <laughs> so much that he forgot to take it off until Monday. And he's gone, yeah, it's this new thing that I've come up with called uh, Vubudubu, and um, it actually really helps, so don't judge me. <laughs> now, where's that photo of that boy? So I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know how much I take that seriously.
1: Uh, I mean, he said of Baron Semide and sort of the reason why he was channeling that, at least. And you can, actually, you can find photos of Cage in the full get-up online. These exist, <laughs> and they are haunting. Um, he said of this, he's a spirit of death, but he loves children. Uh, and then the very next line was, he's very lustful. So he's so he's oh a conflict my in forces. Um, I would put black contact lenses into my eyes so that you could see no white and no pupil. So I would look more like a skull or a white shark on attack. Either either. So you see some probably some genuine fear in the eyes of the co-stars because they're acting opposite that. And again, I implore you to find the picture online because it is just... Something else. I mean, I don't think this is a technique he employs anymore. I think this might have been a God. one and a one, a one and done
0: thing. Um, I, do you know what? I'd love it if he if he did use that technique in all his other films, but not as the character in those films, and always as the Ghost Rider.
1: <laughs> he takes a weekend to act as the Ghost Rider whilst he's also working on a Con Air or <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly because he can time travel as well in this reality. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. I mean, I don't know any of his recent films. Maybe to do that pig one that I keep hearing about, he takes a weekend as a pig.
1: <laughs> I like to think that he actually put the Baron Semi face paint on the pig. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now we're talking, welcome to pig rider, spirit of <laughs> Um,
1: He did add, and this is a bit of a wordy quote, but some more of the technique that he employed here. Um he said, on my costume, my leather jacket, I would sew in ancient thousands of years old Egyptian relics and gather bits of tourmaline and onyx, and would stuff them in my pockets to gather these energies together and shock my imagination into believing I was augmented in some way by them or in contact with ancient ghosts um He adds. I would walk on the set looking like this, loaded with all these magical trinkets, and I wouldn't say a word to my co-stars or crew or directors. I saw the fear in their eyes, and it was like oxygen to a
0: forest fire. I believed I was the Ghost Rider. So, Oh, God. I mean, it does not lack self-confidence, this man, and I do respect that.
1: I mean, I've seen prop comics. Um, you know, and they're not as good as they
0: <laughs> are. You saying Nicholas Cage is the ultimate prop comic
1: because <laughs> you know Nicholas Cage, he pulls out like a saw with glasses on. It's like that's my saw, Um, another such great, great classic prop bits. Um, what if he
0: was doing like um just like a straight film? I don't know any of the serious films because I imagine a serious film to Nicholas Cage is you know. You think it's serious, but then it turns out his adopted son is half Jack in the Box or something. Um, but he's <laughs> he's got the, you know, like the Groucho Marx glasses on <laughs> the fake nose and the hairy eyebrows. Like, that's all he does to get into character this weekend. He's like, yeah. oh, crap, I said I'd do something with the co this weekend, but I couldn't be bothered, so I better make up the fact that I was doing my crazy method acting thing. Oh, <laughs> <Well, that's> just, <laughs> just says, Wednesday. Just as he wore those glasses all weekend to get into character. <laughs>
1: just another Wednesday, although actually saying that there was something that links onto what you said there, so you take all of what we've just said into consideration Mm -hmm. Um, Cage discussed how he attended a Christmas party during filming a few hours after a shoot he said he'd had a couple of schnapps before going and he mentioned (laughs) having not let go of all the magic he was channelling, in his own words all hell broke loose in fact I think I kept saying over and over Merry Christmas you assholes, which he does say in the film uh, and he adds, I'm lucky I'm not in a Romanian prison.
0: Which is a great line to say at any point in your life, especially if you've never been to Romania. Um I when mean, does I, he say Merry Christmas, you assholes? I don't remember. When that.
1: he's getting the um he's going through that that catacomb process to get the spirit taken out of him from Moreau. He he's kind of like writhing around on the floor
0: when it all goes like really contrast bright. He does slip it in there. Oh uh, yeah. Um, is this when the baddie does like the um he like freezes people well not freezes people but he like deaths them I can't think what's the, is there a verb for it like how does he what is it what is he doing <laughs> Uh
1: <clears throat> which one is it um demon boy which is uh, Rourke or it's uh, it's Ray Carrigan who then becomes blackout um who I th- that's it. I think it's worth mentioning as well. Blackout is a character in the comics, but they, the filmmakers, basically admitted they just took his look and based the characterisation on that. So, okay, I so he
0: doesn't. The character doesn't actually in the comics do anything like that, or
1: no. He's. I think he's got he's got the white hair and sort of like the very sort of deathly pale skin, but I think he has like metallic teeth and nails, and you can do something else. He's very sensitive to light or something. So mm-hmm. the exact opposite of this character, <laughs> um, and I think it's Superior bad Spider-Man when beat him up once.
0: Oh, really? It's bad when your villains are so awful that they all they can take from it is the name. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And his funny hat or something like that.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not like there wasn't a wealth of characters that they could have uh, uh, linked onto here, but obviously Rourke um, in this one was sort of recast, played by Kieran Hines. It was Peter Fonda in the original, but mm-hmm. according to uh, information, I say information I found, IMDB, it um, Both Eva Mendes and Peter Fonda turned down the chance to return. Uh, Peter Fonda flat out refused after reading the first five pages of the script.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I forgot. I I was about to say I forgot and now remembered. But the correct terminology is you just reminded me that Eva Mendes was actually in the first film. It says a lot that I don't even remember that like until you prompt it. Um,
1: Yeah. So I think this one is supposed to take place eight years after the first film. So he's just been on the run living with the curse, and you get that kind of you get a bit of a backstory, that animated backstory at the start. He's just like, I did a bare ass triple backflip um, <laughs> before yes. M- Moro meets him. And he's like, Because um, they have that whole chasing with Moreau, like going after the boy, and then he, get, he gets oh, yeah, whisked off the yeah. road. Like, I was saved by the intervention of God, and he's just upside down in a tree for like a two second cutaway. <laughs> some family guy gag that they threw in there. <laughs> I mean, they, they they definitely, and I think with sort of the Neville Dean Taylor combination with that crank in their back catalogue, you can tell they definitely looked to make this um, a lot more energetic, a much more kinetic film. Um, and even the way Ghost Rider was moving, it was just like blinking his kind of like in your face kind of thing. So they tried to make I mean, it crazier.
0: Yeah, but... When you've made Crank, and I've never seen Crank 2 because quite frankly, once you've cranked once, how can you crank harder? Um, <laughs> I can imagine, now that you say that they're responsible for that um, series of films, I can understand how Ghost Rider 2 looked how it looked, but it would be special if Jason Statham turned up at some point in this film.
1: <laughs> he might as well have a flaming skull as well, when he's not too busy battling Megs
0: um oh yeah yeah um i've not seen that film either but i assume i've heard there's a second one so i assume the shark didn't win um
1: i'm trying to think i mean it depends if you want meg spoilers or not are you ever going to watch the meg i guess is the
0: the i mean my life my life's going okay at the minute but i could see myself (laughs) watching it at some point do you know what i mean like I mean, I'm there's definitely a big wrong. shark.
1: I'll, I'll say that much for you. There's definitely yeah, a big shark. Yeah, that's not
0: really a spoiler, mate. I've got to be honest. Um,
1: <laughs> that's the way they pitch the film. Well, there's a big but shark. yeah,
0: go on. Spoil it. Sorry if anyone listening to this. I mean, I imagine there is a crossover for Ghost Rider 2 and The Meg. But um, if they're two of your favourite films, you shouldn't be listening <laughs> well, to this. You should be seeking professional help. So go on. What happens?
1: Well, he coughs up a Ghost Rider. Um, well, there's... It, it's, you know, it's a, like, boom, beneath like the Earth's crust, beneath like sort of uh, the the bottom layer of the ocean, when it gets all cold, that's where the Meg lives. And then because of mm-hmm. experiments and a hot tunnel of air, that's when the Meg like noodles through and comes to the surface. Mm-hmm. But, there, but then I think there was a a bigger shark as well. I think there was like a double Megging. Um, and then there's going to be a sequel. The this, this second so, survivor, of course, he does. So
0: was Meg, so did the Meg end up being the Goody in the end then?
1: Uh, there's no good Megs in this one it's, it's, uh, I don't know if even if like Jaws or anything there was like a good shark they're all bad the Megs, the prehistoric Megs are all bad
0: I mean I wasn't um, expecting one to like jump out of the water and do like a thumbs up with it's thin with it's like, <laughs> kind of thing but I, I know in some of the like in one of the Jurassic films um, you like root for a dinosaur in the end in one of them I think it's the lost no number four um, Fast and Furious Dinosaurs or whatever it's called. <laughs> God, stop making films, people. Honestly, I'm really, I'm sick of it. Um, there, there is more than enough. There's more too many films. And just, Or oh, if you want to make more Megs and more Jurassic, just put them all in together, like the King Kong, Donkey Kong fight, um, Godzilla thing. Just let them fight each other. I watched Godzilla the other day. The one, oh, that was awful. with um, What's the name out of king of the monsters nothing happened it was basically just it's just wrestling in suits it's just an episode of power rangers um i'm getting distracted yeah in that jurassic world you um there's a bad dinosaur and it's doing something and then the water dinosaur comes out and eats it right at the end and you're like yeah water dinosaur so i thought it might be like that but um but obviously not it says a lot about ghost rider 2 doesn't it that we've ended up talking about
1: yeah the the complete different genre We're talking about Jason Statham films instead of um this, which again I think there are parts of it that I enjoy. I think I like the sort of like you think a lot of them. There was a few brief bits of like animation as like exposition. There was one a little Mm -hmm. bit later when um I think he's I think Kate just doing the voiceover and talking about the devil and how the devil uh, operates in human form. I think that's how they kind of address the um the recasting of the devil as well. So the devil takes many forms. So this film is this guy. And then they sort of settle on Jerry Springer being the perfect fit of the devil because they go through all these like images. And I think I blinked because I think one of them was just like um, a sarve or or something. But I swear to God, I saw Jar Jar Binks in that lineup of of devil
0: costumes. (laughs) I mean, there's a lot of uh, men in their 40s who'd probably agree with that. And older, (laughs) I guess.
1: (laughs) We gotta look under your bed for Jar Jar Binks. Uh, Misa, eat your soul, Qui Gon. Um, from that uh, deleted cut
0: of <laughs> Phantom Menace. Fantastic crossover, yeah. Very much in the Marvel "What If" universe. I mean, <laughs> what, if Jar- I- what if Jar? What if Jar, Jar Binks was the <laughs> What
1: do you mean, what if? Yeah. I've, uh, I've looked when into if. the eye stalks of the devil, and I've seen a. I've seen the hell pits. Um, me, me, no, Gong me.
0: Me a fallen angel.
1: (laughs) Me flaming boy nonce is what a Jar Jar Binks
0: is. When are you getting that on your shirt, by the way? Me flaming boy nonce.
1: (laughs) The dark Jar Jar line of uh, of shirts. Um, (laughs) If you have any other Jar Jar Binks nonce (laughs) merchandise material, uh, let me know on Twitter. Please
0: write in, or better yet, build it and send it to Daryl's address. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I will wear it but only in the sanctity of this house and never ever outside um, but I think yeah, with some of the changes they made to this as well I think the action scenes are better in this than they were in the first film so it's often the first one you basically had like, like the three or four element based underlings mm, yeah. Um, but this one it was just kind of like the carnage of him just just whipping and disintegrating people with his flaming chain, he just left nothing left of them.
0: I guess in like the origin films, the superhero stuff, you kind of have a couple of fight scenes where they're like, "Okay, this is where you find out this person can do this, this person can do that." Like you know, in the Batman films, are like, "Oh yeah, he's got throwing things, he's got a zip zip." Like it's showing you certain things, and then in the in the sequels, they inevitably, like you say, have to make it more complex, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, it comes back to the lack of longevity with Ghost Rider in that how can you make him more complex you know what what can you give him that he hasn't already used that doesn't take away from the storyline and the origin of it like oh Ghost Rider 3 he's got a laser gun like it doesn't there's going to be people that write in there's a reason that Jar Jar Binks was so hated you know if, if people get, lack people of get attached yeah, yeah of course people get attached to um that's why comics and stuff sell so well, because it's escapism and that kind of thing, isn't it? So if people yeah. get attached to characters and things like that, and then all of a sudden Ghost Rider's going around in a the skirt, they're really going to kick off. And, I mean, it, you could argue it says a lot more about those people than it does about Ghost Rider's fashion choices, but... Um,
1: a ghost Rider was just as entitled to his experiment- experimentation years as anyone else.
0: This is it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I no longer want to be known as Ghost Rider. I want to be known as Ghost's jump on occasionally, and sometimes I just walk. But that wouldn't fit on the front page of a comic, would it? So, you know.
1: <laughs> I think one of the things I noticed, though, um, with the fight scenes, and like I think there were, a, like I said, a lot more hectic and think he was just laying waste to people because he's a supernatural super demon. So he mm-hmm. should have been, really. Um, but one of the things that he. Didn't have, or I don't think they made an explicit point of him using it. I don't think he even used it. It was in the first one. He had like the pen and stare so We could look into your soul. Um, yeah. And if you did, if, if you've done anything slightly bad, he'd basically burn you from the inside out. Your soul was toast. But he looked into people's eyes in this one, and he kind of just opened his skull jaw and just went, and he didn't really.
0: Do anything with it. I mean, I guess you don't really want. to... He just burped on him. I guess you don't really want to like overuse something that was such a big thing in the first film. Maybe you just have a slight nod to it, like that there was in a couple of things. But like you say, in the first film, he's fighting those three elemental under things, so it's relatively level. But in this one, it's either him against some humans or the baddie against some humans, and it is just the kind of it's. It doesn't matter how complex you make it; it's going to be a bit boring because. It's so one sided, like that's the reason why a lot of the films, like the Marvel films and stuff, do so well is because they have those faceless, you know, enemies that they fight or whatever. So, you've the Jatari or whatever in the first Avengers, and then the other grabby things in the um, end game and Infinity War or whatever. And it's just so, it's numbers, isn't it? That's outmatched. So, yeah, it's just. Just like have someone more interesting, just be more interesting, Ghost Rider. <laughs> Wear a hat. <laughs> just... uh, he'd argue, "Oh, it bloody burnt off, didn't it?" Because in the head. Oh, what am I like? Shut up! <laughs> Stop going after kids with your jelly bean satchel, Christ!
1: <laughs> I mean. I did like. I mean, they they do it a few times actually, but any time he was in like a vehicle, that would just become flaming and just possessed as well.
0: That I liked. Yeah,
1: he did it with that giant. I don't know what the actual name is. The giant industrial drill saw thing when they're fighting on that construction site, and he crushes a man with it, which I thought was a, which I thought was quite cool. I thought that was. That I don't nice
0: remember that at
1: all in the film. Um, so it's when they've just got. Um, I think this is Ray Carrigan's second encounter, but he's gone to. I don't know if the Russians or some it, it, you know your textbook eastern european baddies and they brought the like the rocket launchers from them and he's like I'll take four and all your ammo. Oh so, yeah yeah. So they're sort of blasting him with them and he's just kind of just like shrugging it off. And then there's just this giant like I say giant digger crane he's got just a giant rotating saw on it and then he's just kind of whipping that round. He does a little ghost laugh like Argh. um not the actual laugh, obviously, but... Um, little has, ghost vomit. He has a little ghost vomit in there. Um, and then he goes after... I think they save the boy because the boy gets captured about 15 times. Like, he breaks oh. his... Danny ran away and he broke his ankle, which I laughed at because he's an idiot. He had, like, a, a one-foot jump and snapped his ankle. Um, but this is when we find out a bit more about Danny's powers as well because he is the son of the devil, as we sort of find out. He can basically force a de-transformation in the Ghost Rider. Um, and he also can restore his powers as well, which is kind of interesting, because like, he obviously has powers. His powers aren't explored that much, but he's kind of largely just a plot device for the devil, because um, it's Nadja, his mother, who you find out was going to die, made a deal with the devil to give her life in exchange for giving the devil a son, and spoiler alert: uh, Danny the Devil's Son is basically a vessel for Rourke, so that he can transfer all of his unhinged power in there. Blah blah blah. Um, I thought Danny was you know he was kind of there. He was he did some stuff. There were some one or two like chuckly scenes, but I think because they're so awkward and cringy, like I said, the one in the diner um, where they um, Johnny Blaze sees Danny sort of looking at this father with his kids, almost like. Um, wistfully and longingly, and he's like, oh, maybe I should try and capture that moment and give him what he's looking for. And he just goes to stroke this boy's face, which obviously he doesn't know this boy, he's just stroking the face and Danny's understanding, like, what the fuck are you actually doing? And gives us the great line, "Ah, uh, I thought there was a bee, I'm going to sting your face. Which I remember we definitely enjoyed that line in the cinema, and that made it to the Blackberry.
0: Yeah, that that will have made it to the Blackberry. I think I you're now bringing back where I'm thinking it's maybe i wrote it as in a line you could use if you were trying to talk to a lady or a gentleman and you wanted to kind of move in and have that someone where you touch their faith and you go oh sorry i thought there was a bee wouldn't work in a nightclub um unless the policy of course is that they allow in people that aren't wearing trainers and bees but maybe <laughs> in a you know a date setting in a field or something if if any eligible bachelors listening to this um want to try that i mean we're both wifed up so we can't but if any young dudes or dudettes want to go out there and pretend there's a bee on a woman's face um obviously like know the person first don't just walk up to a stranger in a park touch their face and go sorry i thought there was a bee on your face or do i mean if if you think it'll work by all means do if it doesn't work don't come crying back to me (laughs) i
1: think You're just going to get like a generation of uh, people now. These uh, these Zoomers, uh, these new Gen Gen Z, whatever they are, um, or wires, whatever whatever generation is the new one now. The the post millennials, the Zoomers who just what year are
0: you? you? No, are you? Like I'm millennial. I'm 91. Oh yeah, you are older than me. I always forget. I'm 93. But I think I read something today about how it's it's like 95. Like tick the TikTok. I don't do the TikTok. Um but and I know some people who do who uh you do the TikTok, yeah?
1: I've I downloaded it once, but I don't know, maybe this is just you know where we just show the age here. I'm just I just didn't it's
0: not Vine, mate, is it? It's not it's Vine. It's not
1: Vine. I've know, never what?
0: used TikTok and therefore I shouldn't have an opinion on it. But we it's grew not up in vine
1: the, In the Halcyon, glorious days of Vine. It's uh, not Vine.
0: But the point I was getting at is um it was two siblings and one of them was born in ninety two, one was born in ninety five. 95 is mad for TikTok and 92 was just like, I don't get this. So I honestly think it's it's as close as that. Like I'm a year, maybe two years. I've got a friend who was born in, I think, 95 and he's big on the tick. And um, I just don't, I don't talk a damn, you know, no. but hey, different strokes for different apps. <laughs> it's
1: It seems like you just post a video of yourself lip syncing and you get like 100,000 followers like that. It seems... Weirdly simple, but yet very complicated to crack as TikTok.
0: So, why haven't you done that with um, the Nicolas Cage film that's about to be the episode that comes out? You could sync like a line of it, that'd get like at least 10 views. That's another download, probably.
1: Yeah, maybe I should actually. Maybe I should look into TikTok as promotion.
0: As your manager now, (laughs) I think it's worth doing. Maybe the B thing you could find a line. Um, from each film that could be used as like a chow blind it could be like chatter blinds with nick cage and it's you voicing it over and i've seen some of the stuff they do i saw one this morning on twitter where um it was basically a guy pointing at a woman's tweet and then the next scene was him pointing at another one of her tweets and and i don't know how many views it got but if i'd seen it on twitter i assume a lot i think oh no it was the woman whose tweet it was she tweeted going what is this guy doing to my tweets? Like, and it, that's all TikTok seems to be like a lot of pointing.
1: Yeah, it's like if you're doing this point, but not this point, then you're
0: actually doing this point. Um, yeah, like I'm sorry. Are you, are you a Gen Zer or a lecturer? Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you trying to be? Well,
1: I, I just had a quick look at what's what. Millennials are 81 to 96, but I know they said something about there being a different wave of like. Gen X's as well, like the Lost what, Gen X We're millennials. Or something. We're not millennials. We are millennials, yes. Oh, I'm not um, having that. That 97 to 2012, this encapsulates my sister, Gen Z. And then after that, get this, um, and this, this sounds like it may be open to change when a new baby boom starts or something, who knows. They've just said early 2010s to mid-2020s, Generation Alpha, fuck off.
0: Generation Alpha? They're led by the robot from Power Rangers. <laughs>
1: I mean that—that that is just what his his a uh, his
0: folder on his computer is called for potential Power Rangers Generation it's Alpha, the most sarcastic toaster I've ever seen. What um what was ours again? Eighty one to ninety six. Eight hey, 1981 to nineteen
1: ninety
0: six. That's a big. That's like fifteen years.
1: Big gap for millennials, uh, also known as Gen Y. Um, so Gen X before us, were Gen Y, Gen Z. Obviously, no letters after Z because they just decided to start at Gen X after the baby boomers. Wasted 23 other
0: letters. In fairness, like Gen X sounds cool, doesn't it? So you can see why they do that. Uh, unless they've and are there, any, like, are there any funny ones you might accidentally do? Like uh, Gen well, A just sounds like Jenny, I guess. So, I don't know. What? Gen B? No, Gen... I'm not going to do the whole alphabet.
1: Well, I like... You know, they say 1901 to 27 was the greatest generation. Um, arrogant, if anything. Uh, before that, ni- 1883 to 1900, the lost generation. If you're 82 or before, you don't count. You're not a major <laughs> generation. Some would argue. Well, I thought truly. the last
0: thing. I thought the last thing was 81.
1: Um, I thought that, I thought that.
0: I thought we were 81 to well, 96.
1: If you, if you go back to 1881. Um, oh,
0: sorry, 1881. This this sorry, when... I I completely missed that you did, like, seven generations.
1: <laughs> Wrapped up in your own generation thoughts, but, you know, if you start at 1883, uh, sorry, not 1881, 1883, uh, this is when, quote, unquote, the major generations of the Western world begins. So, um... Anything... I'll tell you
0: something, none of them pricks know how to do TikTok either, so...
1: Yeah, I'd like to see an 83 uh, get on the old talk now. <laughs> um... But I, what were the fuck were we talking about? Uh, They're in the the diner and then you get that, um, then they're in sort of the back of the truck because I think the the bike's broken or something. I don't know. For some reason, they're in the back of the truck and then Danny just asks him this weird question. He's like, oh, so what is it like when when you pee? Like, is that, and he's like, oh, it's like a flamethrower. And then he just gets shot of Ghost Rider pissing out flames looking over his shoulder and just basically eye-socketless winking to the camera and just nodding his head, going, what's this all yeah. about then?
0: I forgot about all these Family Guy cutaways, like you said. it like They're mm. just trying to put so much... Like you say, if it was R-rated, it would have been a different film, I suppose.
1: And then immediately after that, they've got like Blackout, who's pursuing them. I should be like, at this point, Ray Carrigan's character has been turned into Blackout. As we've said, it's nothing like his counterpart. And he's trying to eat like this food while he's driving. It's his sandwich that decays. It's like an apple that decays. I think it's more of like an American joke. Um, he eats a Twinkie, which is kind of just like a spongy thing with like cream put into it. Uh, but the Twinkie doesn't decay. I think it's some kind of American-centric joke about it having a lot of preservatives. So it's kind of...
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like... like I mean, it doesn't you, have to be American-centric. Obviously, Twinkie's... Or a thing over there more than here. I don't know what equivalent you'd use for like a a UK food that doesn't degrade. Um but yeah, I mean you imagine nowadays. Yeah, god, they'll be around long after us. Um I think it's a case of you know, like how in The Winter Soldier they did the the little book thing that he had, Captain America, and they changed that for different places, like in Japan it was quite different and stuff. Um, I think now they'd just replace it with something else in the other countries. So that film came out now, like a brisket or something, if it was in <laughs> Wales. <laughs> it's like a slab of bread that wouldn't decay. I mean, maybe not the highlight of the film for me. but A heavily buttered know, crumpet, I, maybe. I don't know which one, Yeah, heavily buttered crumpet. and the, the crumpet just stays there, but the butter drifts off. I don't know which film I would say, for me, was better. I don't even know which one I'd say was funnier. The only thing I could say about both films is that they both happened.
1: Yeah, I think they definitely make a point in the first one of trying to make the Johnny Blaze character have more comedic moments when he's kind of... Yeah, I think, as you said, like when like the hero like, discovers their powers and almost kind of like the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films where he's kind of discovering what he can do and he's... I think of that uh, scene, I think it's that one where he just have, tries to do the running jump over the gap in the building rooftops and he just falls through and he's like, oh, move mm-hmm, back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's kind of, they try to have this moment in a lot of like the pre-MCU films.
0: Yeah. do you, I mean, do you think these films are more of a, because there were some really good things in the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films. Like there was a lot of things that it felt as if influenced the films now. Do you think the Ghost Rider films are more like a kind of list of things not to do in these films?
1: Debatably, debatably, because I think I think as uh, as Cage himself touched upon, um, I suppose when you've got a character like this who's not known for being like a fluffier, lighter character, I guess you have now got Deadpool as uh, the flag bearer, really, of how to do a more extreme character, for lack of a better term, of like a more blue, more blue film, of a more blue, maybe blue. Although
0: I I always think when you say blue, it means like sexy. It's not what I'm yeah, maybe maybe Ghost Rider
1: should have eaten more ass. That's what, <laughs> that's what <laughs> he was. couldn't
0: because his head was on fire, you know.
1: Just be crunchy. And if we down. know
0: anything about no, I'm not making these jokes. Um Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, I think it, it, it's an experience, isn't it? I mean, would you recommend Ghost Rider one and two combo to a friend? If you an enemy, perhaps? If they had um, to choose over a weekend of getting into character? And uh,
1: I mean and I don't. either thing things like I think as a superhero films. I think they're, they're an interesting sort of uh, period of the time before MCU had found its rhythm, and it was all like linked and story based. And I think a few of these films they've got. I don't think on repeated viewing and modern viewing when we've got films that we have to, today, like the modern Spider Man films and you know the Avengers films and say Thor Ragnarok and stuff, who takes that serious character and just makes it very funny. Um, mm. I think, in a, like I said before, I think in a more experienced hand, Ghost Rider is workable. But I think with this, it's kind of you know go into it not expecting too much. Um, there are little bits and pieces. If you're looking for some cages and performances, you definitely get him in this one as opposed to the first one. Um, and also, if you like Idris Elba, because he's he's here, he's okay. He's not. If clean. you like Luther,
0: you'll love Luther with an accent. <laughs> you look you love uh Len over here. <laughs> if you like Luther, go to the Suicide Squad. You'll like Luther with a gun or a bigger drink. gun, in fact. Yeah, drinking. Does he have tea. a gun in this one? Uh
1: he does at the end. He's got that. he's just gunning down all the monks at the end.
0: No, he's... no, I mean Suicide Squad. He's in the new one, isn't he? I've not seen it. But...
1: Mean, oh, very good. Very good. Uh there's there's a recommendation. Go and watch the Suicide Squad instead of going to I mean to I'm Spirits not the thing is at the
0: minute, I'm so the last film I went to go and see was a film called Nomad Land. Um which isn't yeah. have you heard of
1: it? Uh I've been meaning to watch it. I think it's on Disney Plus.
0: Nicolas Cage isn't in it. I don't think it is on Disney Plus. It definitely was for a time. What Nomadland? The, I can't imagine that was. What do you think it is? Uh the Land of Nomads. Uh, you see this is very much the thing. I've asked you what you think it is and I can see through the screen that you're googling it. <laughs>
1: no this is this is um definitely on uh disney plus like it was 100 percent on
0: there why on earth was that on disney plus anyway so where uh, i'm living at the minute with my good lady we could get like the bus in the train in the tramming or whatever but instead to go to the cinema to go and watch this film uh two weeks ago i think it was we cycle for like an hour along the river and um, and so for me now if i want to go and see a film I basically decide: is it worth cycling for an hour and an hour back to go and see this film? That's how I don't judge out of five anymore. I go, would I do that? And quite frankly, I feel like Suicide Squad would have to be a bit better than Idris Elba's there again with his gun. But I don't know. I do it for Spider Man.
1: I mean, for sp- I mean, I I can for whatever it's worth, I can give you my personal recommendation of the Suicide Squad. Uh, is Nicolas Cage in it? He's not in it, but Sylvester Stallone is voicing King Shark. So, um... oh,
0: does he voice King Shark? I wonder if he'll get a Razzie for that. Then,
1: oh, I can't wait for him to get the Razzie for that. Of course, he will. Um... Worst shark
0: loses out to the Meg.
1: Worst humanoid shark. Um, I mean, John Cena's great in it. I, I think some people are a bit iffy on him, but I think he does comedy very well. And, he, uh... and
0: um Flugers in it as well. The German guy isn't it he plays
1: javelin. Uh, javelin is in it. They've got Pete. David.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's in it as well, Um, and um, Peter Capaldi's in it.
1: Peter Capaldi's in it, and there's the Thinker, I mean, you know, obviously um, all-star cast.
0: It's probably one of those that I will watch when it gets onto, um, on the pluses, on the the Netflix and thing, but I I don't know, I don't think I'd run out for it at the minute. I think Marvel's got that chokehold on me now, where it's like, then again I mean, I've not spent any money, I've not watched Black Widow yet, and I've not gone, oh yeah, I'll get the Disney Plus, I'm just not it's not really bothered no. to be honest. You know what
1: I mean? No, I've, I've not been. I've not been bothered about Black Widow to be honest. I was. I was debating going seeing it because it's like, oh, it's another Marvel film, uh, and it's there.
0: Um, I, I look, think if you miss the first, if you miss the first week on Twitter and stuff of spoilers appearing, then yeah. you're kind of safe as well. You know, I was kind. That was part
1: of the panic about Loki as well because you kind of got to watch it in.
0: Oh man, the first I minute. I mean, I. Um, came to Germany a couple of days after the... I think the last day I saw my parents before I came over here was the day the Loki finale was. And um, I was seeing them in the morning, so I didn't have a chance to watch it until later on. And I was just checking... We went out for lunch or something. I was just checking my phone in between, and I saw just the word Loki of a tweet. And I was like, just put the phone down, kind of like, right, of course, that's later on. Can't talk to any other humans until I go and see this later on. <laughs> what you so, need, yeah.
1: What you needed there was... Um... I think Ghost Rider to do to spoilers what he does to walk at the end of the film, just
0: whip him up with a chain and just lash him down to hell. I mean, yeah, if there's anything like that in your life, you've got to lash it down to hell. I'm going to so, say yes. Hell oh, yes. I'm going to say hell oh, yes to turn in my face blue. Well, that's uh,
1: that's exactly it. But um, Yeah, I think there's better hero films out at the moment. This one wraps up, though, Quite quickly, I mean, Rourke is dispatched so fast; it's almost hilarious how quickly he is dispatched. Uh, Blackout is just—blackout is thrown off a car and he gets like his neck run over and snapped. And that's the only quick ghost right quip I say. Uh, uh Quip quip I say I say that ghost right <laughs> gets in this. He goes roadkill. I think he needed more oh, yeah. quips. He needed yeah. more quips. Um, Maybe obviously... he's more likable then. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it could have done with some more quippage, I think. I mean,
0: the quips for me, there's like a polarizer. like when it comes to good quips, Spider-Man obviously has a lot of quips that are good but then James Bond would have like the odd quip in a film that really kind of, you know stuck and it's probably difficult to find something, you're always trying to emulate one of those things, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, he could um, have slept with Blackout's wife though,
0: that's classic, <laughs> classic Bond though. That's true, yeah, bloody Bond, um, what's he like?
1: I think, as you said much earlier in the episode as well, obviously at this point, uh, Moreau is decayed. Um, mm. He's just kind of like bubbled, grayed. He does a little smashy headbutt though, and he turns to dust. His head so falls off,
0: doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, do what yeah. you can. Very much a way to go if you're like, well, I'm going to get decayed, but I'm going to get you dirty as well.
1: And, um, and and as you also said earlier, and um, as we touched upon, at this point, Kay just had the Ghost Rider power removed. Told, this whole sequence of him having the power removed turned into like a David Lynch esque uh, music video. Uh, <laughs> but then Danny just jumps on Ghost Rider or Johnny Blaze vomits fire onto him to restore the power of the Ghost Rider.
0: Happens to the best of us. You know, some mornings you're feeling a bit not with it, and then you just you whistle, a boy runs over and vomits fire onto you. And next thing you know, you're up, you're ready for the day.
1: Thursday, you know, just another classic Thursday in a in, in, in the day to day life. Um, but then it's all just you know solved very quickly. Ghost Rider can ride in the day now. They like said with with the devil gone, they say something about his his spirit of vengeance was actually a spirit of justice called uh, Zarathos, but now he's oh, in yeah. sync with the spirit of justice. And now he's all mm. blue flame and like a a day riding ghoul man as well. And then he rides off, um, never to be seen in the MCU again. Never to get a sequel. So, you know, that's, you know, wraps up Ghost Rider, Spirits of Vengeance. I think, as we've said, um, very much not the film we remembered.
0: Uh, (laughs) Quite a somber note, really, to end on, isn't it? it,
1: it? It is quite somber because I was, you know, not that I wasn't looking forward to recording this episode, but I was looking forward to revisiting the film because I think. Um, in in my brain, I'd only encapsulated and sort of uh, almost crystallized those yeah, outrageous, like Presumed. yeah. yeah. There's like those outrageous like, moments. So <laughs> <like>, outrageous moments, <laughs> uh, when he's sort of, like mid transformation, going here, mm. and
0: and,
1: <sighs> and stuff like that. There's so that one, he has a very small like line as Johnny Blaze with Moreau at the end, where they share that two thousand year old wine. Oh it's like, yeah, it's like ah, oh, it's wine, and then I think there's a joke. It would have turned to vinegar at that point or something because he has a sip and he's like, oh, it might be good in a salad. Which um, oh which
0: is... yeah, yeah, but I think that's a joke about how I don't think Americans really appreciate wine as much as the Europeans. I think that's the joke. I'm not sure.
1: You know, you know, where... but we'd be like this, and
0: they'd be like, "There's a TikTok." Yeah, for basically. You. Well, Americans are more. Um, Beer and ting, aren't they? I think I don't know. I don't. I don't. I try to not talk to them. No, no. Come on, they're not all bad. I know some. I know some. (laughs) I think that's the TikTok like if if you be
1: drinking beer, but you not be drinking wine, then you might as well shove vinegar up Uranus. That's going to be my first TikTok. I think
0: I think I've seen that one. I think it got upwards of seven likes.
1: Oh, the the golden number, and that's what you know is the good stuff. Um, but I suppose. Speaking of good stuff, you know, I've had fun. It's always fun to revisit, and you know, I think this marks you as uh, the
0: first three-time
1: guest. <gasps> the treble the crowd, guests. you've uh, you've done the treble.
0: Wow! I mean, Which- maybe um, I could do a bit more of a, a less ridiculous film next time because I feel like it's been fast car, fast bike, chase those boys, and. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's a more serious nicolas cage that where are you up to now
1: uh well in terms of where i'm coming up to um recording wise now i've recorded everything for 2015 i've got some 20 no 2014 sorry i've got some basically some 2015 films and onwards coming up so mm. um and now i'm not saying they're going to be better because at this period in cage um there's a lot of there's a lot of tripe in there a, there is a lot of guff
0: I'm not saying no to Tripe. I'll have a little look around, and then uh, I'll see what's available to me. As I, mean, I said, I'm not cycling for an hour to go and watch him in something, unless yeah. it's, it's a good thing. But uh, I, luckily, I don't have to cycle <laughs> to my iPad. So.
1: I, mean, I, I mean, as a tenuous link and potentially something that you might be interested in, I've not seen it, and I don't know where it's available, but there is a film that was, as I said, directed by Brian... Um, sorry, not Brian Taylor, by Nick Powell, called uh, Primal, where he's basically... Kind of a Joe Exotic-esque character, where he's uh, kind of a big game hunter, mm. um, and then he's caught this like big white jaguar, at the prize catch, and then they're shipping it. Uh, all these like big animals uh, on ship, as you may have guessed from the word I just used there. Uh, but then the assassin, there's also an arrested assassin on the ship, but the <laughs> assassin the assassin breaks free things. and frees all the animals on the ship as well. So it's it's big snakes, big cats, assassins, oh, Nick
0: Cage. I think I have it. Pricks on a boat. Yeah, that's what it's called, yeah? Pricks on a boat is exactly yeah. what it's called. So. Yeah, I thought so. No, I, I feel that does ring a bell. Like I feel like I've seen a photo of Nick Cage in that kind of get-up, but not like a mock-up for Joe Exotic, like a genuine... Nick Cage has got a big cat or something. Yeah, I like cats. I can get behind that. It's International Cat Day today, by the way. So uh, give yours uh, a stroke for me, the cat.
1: <laughs> I, I well, he's, he's not running to disrupt the recording this time. He was sleeping in a window when I left him.
0: What a life. When my other half gets back from the um, flea market, we're going to uh, take some dreamies around and uh, just go and bother all the cats in the neighborhood and be like, lovers. <laughs>
1: Oh, what what a sickeningly romantic existence you have right now.
0: Yeah, I know. We're very adventurous and uh, we're adults, as you can tell. We're just going to bother all these cats until the... Uh, I nice. always shout, like, leave my cat alone, but obviously in German. And uh, leaving the Kit Kit alone bitter? Um, nine the cats and... No, no, I can't think how to do it. But I wanted to shout like the cat is not yours. But then you could say please at the end. The cat is not yours, please.
1: (laughs) It's been a long time since I spoke any German. To a cat, cat, at least. (laughs) To a cat, at least. But I suppose on all these these notes before we end up going down German memory lane, uh, we will look to look to wrap up things there. I thank you, Ben Shannon, for joining me for the third time and perhaps well, yeah. the fourth will be a less vehicle flaming boy centric, maybe more cat centric yeah. next time.
0: I'll be recording um, it from space next time.
1: I mean, you have to be in a new country, otherwise, you're not yeah, welcome exactly. back on
0: the podcast. That's the rule, yeah, established. That's more. the rule, isn't it? I better get myself a ticket. <laughs>
1: um, but as, as we wrap up, as ever, um, if the listeners wish to reach out and see more of your German adventures, where can we find you on the socials? Should they? Still um, choose?
0: Just do Twitter as normal, Ben Shabba, uh, Instagram, Ben Shabba Comedy, and um yeah. <laughs> if you if you attach a note to a magpie of some sort, it will probably find its way to me.
1: And soon to be on TikTok. Uh <laughs>
0: no, for that TikTok more like Nick not to get
1: no, basically. <laughs> And on that absolute resounding bombshell, uh, this episode comes to an end as we ride off into the distance. Blue flames never to be seen again. Until next week. Uh, But thank you for listening. If you have been, we'll catch you in the next one. Until then, keep on keep on caging. It's all you have to do. Thank you, take care and goodbye.
0: Auf Wiedersehen.